Hello and welcome to Wave Spawn. We we'll talk about anything and everything related to anime and gaming. We are by no means experts, just huge fans. I'm your host Bobby, and with me is Joshua. Hello, Bobby. Glad to be doing another episode. And in today's episode, we are going to be talking about Raft. And as always, spoilers ahead. Raft is an open-world survival game with both single-player and multiplayer options. And as the name suggests, it takes place primarily on a raft in the middle of the ocean. The game was developed by the indie Swedish game developer called the Red Beat Interactive, and it was published by Axelot Games. Now, development is still currently ongoing for this game, and it's available for uh, early access on Steam. The early access release date was May 23rd of 2008. The game began development two years prior than that, though, in 2016, and it was originally published on itch.io, and it is actually still available for free there. I don't believe it's getting updates, though, because that was its development release, and now it's, it's still under development, but it's more fleshed out game. The, popul- the popularity of this game was very apparent. During the development before the Steam release, the developer copy on itch.io was downloaded 7 million times and only two weeks after its steam release they managed to sell over 400,000 copies so they they were pretty popular the fame didn't come from nowhere though like many indie games and a few games that we've talked about in the past the success can be attributed a large portion from twitch and youtube um, most more specifically let's plays so that and other social media platforms really got the game rolling. A lot of big names, I believe Markiplier played and a few other big game YouTubers really got the attention. Now, sites like Polygon offered praise to this game, calling it one of the most successful games of 2018 and praising the gameplay since the game had such a good balance of exploration, crafting, collection, and story driving. Even after three years since their release, they are still providing frequent updates and expanding gear, functionality, and storyline. So it is still currently a developing game, and it is going strong, I believe. I'm curious to see how it's going to go, because it almost seems like the point where we're at is almost like an ending point for like the story. So mm-hmm. I'm curious as to how they're going to build off of that. Speaking of which, this game is, like you mentioned, an open-world survival game that takes place years into the future after the modern world has flooded due to global warming. The protagonist lives on a raft that is floating out at sea, and in order to survive, the player must gather resources from the littered ocean, fish for food, fend off potential dangers, and find islands to gather more rare resources that you can't otherwise find in the ocean. But that's not all that takes place. To learn about the fate of the world, the player must build a radio to navigate the ocean and find any clues that would lead you to the answer, and maybe even people. Yeah. I'm going to talk about that specific thing that you just mentioned, people, later, because that has been a been a huge like plot hole for me. Like It seems I'm sure we'll learn the answer to it eventually, but that's just is something that's been boggling my mind since we've been playing so we'll get into that a little bit later but for some of the inspiration of this game 
One thing that is really unique about it is that the creators have said that this is a game without a storyboard. It's just the group of people who have an idea and a vision. So this means they're just sitting there planning out each step of the game as they're making it one section at a time. They have an idea of what they want the game to be, but they don't have the board all written out and fleshed out like this is the way the story will go. They could change it at any point as they're developing. It's just whatever they feel good about. So this is very different to how most game companies work because most game companies have their teams go into development. They they flesh out the game. They figure out the story and they start like really driving it in. And as things develop, that's when they'll change. But here, they're just taking it as it comes. Like, all right, well, this chapter's over. What do we what do we want for the next one? We haven't really thought that far ahead. So I think this really works for them, though, because they're a small team uh, of three people. So it helps with flexibility. But I just found this to be a very unorthodox but very interesting way to go about their game development process because this has obviously worked out really well for them. They have made a decent amount of money from this project that probably they i don't think they planned on going further into development until it got huge popularity and they're like all right let's let's go for this so it's working out for them i think it also they kind of just looked out based on like what kind of game it was Mm -hmm. because i think if it was any other kind of story driven game it would it may have not been as successful doing it this way but based on how it is, how you are like on this raft that at first it doesn't seem like there's a lot of lore or you kind of think the lore is just kind of like background. But then once you actually explore it, you're like, oh, oh mm-hmm. shit. <laughs> like, yeah, I didn't think this game had a story when we got into it, but it's very unique. Like the whole story itself is really unique. And I think you're right. That is why it took off so well. Yeah, definitely. It's it definitely got a different taste from like when I first saw it because like when I first looked at it, I saw some people playing it and I don't think I really saw them go into like the story islands. I did see bits of the what what was the island? I think the, the dome. I think I may have seen like a picture or something of the dome. I didn't know what was inside it, but I. I knew there was a dome thing for one of the islands, but like most of the times I saw people playing it, like you said, like some of the big YouTubers, it was more like just they were all on the raft and they just focused on the raft, like building it, customizing it to what they wanted. So I thought it was just going to be like one of those almost just like Minecraft type deals Mm -hmm. where... Well, I guess Minecraft technically has an end now with the Ender Dragon, but it I just thought it was going to be like, oh, base you explore- builder. Yeah, like you explored islands, yeah, and like you could find some items you couldn't see on like the ocean, so that's why they force you to stop at the islands, but I thought it was going to be more of a endless thing and the whole point of it was to get to a point where you were so self-sufficient that you didn't need to do anything like Mm -hmm. in the ocean and that's to me if you ever play an open world survival game at the if there's no end at the point you become self-sufficient and you don't have to theoretically leave your base and you could satisfy all your needs for me that's 
quote unquote beating the game if there's mm-hmm. no actual end. So that's what I thought Raptor was going to be like. I didn't realize that you actually went to specific islands, found specific clues that actually told you about what is actually going on and what you're doing. And I'm just like, oh shit, this actually has a narrative. It's not just background flavor text that's just like (laughs) oh this is why you're on the raft no it's like oh shit we're it seems like we're trying to figure out what happened or like trying to find people i don't Mm -hmm. i still don't exactly know what is our goal yeah you know i think the issue is we didn't read the journal before we started playing so we just started kind of reading the notes that we received at, along the way. So I bet if we read the journal entry from when you start playing the game, we would actually know why we're on this raft, like what our main goal is. But yeah, I was the same way as you. Like when I saw this game, I just thought it was like this base builder, endless, infinite world where you collect the resources from the ocean and eventually you became self-sufficient to where you never had to leave. Because I the first time I saw it was when you were playing it on Twitch. So I was watching, and it was definitely a game that I figured I would like because it was this base-building game. I tend to like those. But the resource collecting was very unique, so that was kind of like something interesting for me. Like, you're fishing out into the ocean collecting this litter. But I didn't really think there was going to be a story because how much of a story could you have on a game where you're floating out at sea? But they really came they came at us strong. Like I didn't expect the story to dr- get driven in the direction that they took it. Yeah, definitely a twist, but a oh, more than welcome one. And for those of you who have no idea what the story is, probably why you're kind of here right now. <laughs> Raph <laughs> story has gone a long way since it first started out on itch.io. The team of three students put in a lot of work since then and updated the game a lot for the better, 100%. From I've, I've seen some of the beginning things, and it's kind of like watching old Minecraft to mm-hmm. now, like when you only had, what, like 32 blocks yeah. compared to like the thousands you have now. <laughs> Obviously, it's not at that scale, who knows yet, because Minecraft has been out for over 10 years. This hasn't. But there are some of the original features that still exist. For example, fishing, scrap hooking, cooking, purification, and spearing the shark. Kind of like that core gameplay. It's still there, but they have made improvements on it. And for instance, like with fishing, there are a lot more variations of fish you can catch because originally there was only one. One thing that I'm glad they did, as a player, it pisses me off, but (laughs) I'm glad they did change it, is metal scrap can no longer be found floating in the ocean. Which makes sense, because metal sinks. Yeah, (laughs) and it gives you another reason to go to these islands early Mm -hmm. than just, like, not at all, like, doing it. But, like, kind of sucks, because sometimes... (laughs) Need scrap a lot. <laughs> oh my gosh, scrap is so far we're we're really self self sufficient in this game, but Besides metal scrap. scrap is something that it's so hard to scrap get. Scrap and, and metal. Yeah, it forces you to go to the islands, which is good. You yeah. need that sort of balance, or else there'd be no point for islands. 
So I'm glad they have it, but it's such a frustrating thing. And like I kind of mentioned, the visuals have obviously changed throughout the years. Example, just like Minecraft, how it's gone. Like even though you think it's a simple, like Minecraft is simple, just squares, you'd be surprised at the visual updates it's been getting. Mm-hmm. But the biggest and probably most important change is addition is the addition of islands and story islands that we kind of been talking about. And we'll get in a little bit of what those differences are, but that's pretty. And like we said, the story is more of, I want to, since I didn't read the journal at the beginning, I'm assuming it's either just almost like a, how to, what's a good way of doing it? Almost like creating your own story, like after maybe humans have died out maybe we're like one of the last people or we could have been like i said lost adrift to sea that's why we started out on the raft and maybe there's still hope for a place where people are still alive and well because there were these like water cities and we know that from based on all the notes and stuff we collect so i guess only time will tell when we (laughs) get more updates and actually read more of the journals (laughs) yeah yeah so as you mentioned the islands and story islands are probably the biggest change and like biggest and most important change to the game because islands have basically become an essential part of the game as we mentioned scrap and metal can be found on these islands and that's almost the only place they can be found you can find them in barrels but it's not an efficient source of those materials So islands are really important because they kind of allow the player to take a break from exploring the expansive empty ocean and stretch their legs on dry land. Islands are homes to a bunch of different types of animals like warthogs, cluckers, llamas, goats, seagulls, and screechers. And there are, or there's offshore creatures such as the shark, as we already know, but they also have poison puffer fish, which will explode if you get into close proximity to the player. But before we go into too much detail of the islands themselves, of the individual islands and gameplay, let's go over the most important islands, which are the story islands. We can go over the story a little bit, and then we can talk about the core gameplay. So as we mentioned, story islands are different from the regular islands. And the way you find the story islands, it happens after you construct a receiver and three antennas. And once you get that, you're presented with a coordinate to the first story island. So now we need to set a course towards it and hope the wind works in our favor, which I want to say for the first island, it's generally pretty helpful. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. they almost always kind of like have the wind pointing towards you because... Yeah, if after the first one you get the mm-hmm, the other yeah. stuff. Okay. Yeah, because I guess if the wind didn't work in your favor, you could have very bad luck and be pushed away from it forever. And it would sometimes it could be an infinite loop. So they probably purposely make it so you can get there with just your sail. I wonder is if like if that happened, if you sailed in the complete opposite direction, how far away would it be? till it despawned and respawned somewhere else that is a good question i bet it 
I bet it would be fairly soon, fairly short. But at the same time, I don't know. Like, I don't know if they have a distance I feel, thing. I feel like I they know. do because the game is generated based on the raft, not the world. So mm-hmm. I feel like it would. But anyways, the first story island we come to isn't really an island, but a radio <laughs> tower. It's more an abandoned sea facility and it's a pretty large steel structure that re- resembles an oil rig and is equipped with a few builds on it as well as a radio antenna and satellite dishes hence the name the radio tower it has a few rooms underwater making it appear as if either the rig sank down or the water level has risen higher than when they were originally built and inside the building, we were really excited because, it, one, it was our first kind of, like, story island we ever saw. So even though it wasn't that big, we are still like, oh, my God, <laughs> this is amazing. And throughout it, we found a lot of scrap, plastic, glass, and vine goo. And that kind of gave us a nice little boost to our supplies. If I'm not mistaken, this is where we got also, what, like, three stacks of plastic or something and that just propelled us yeah i don't know how much plastic but we got a decent amount of plastic so it was just like holy shit we have so much supplies little did we know supplies run out quicker than we would expect <laughs> especially when you had to provide for three people Mm-hmm. and towards the top of the tower you can find notes that give you a little information about what is going on but most importantly one of the things you find is a sticky note with coordinates that leads you to the next location and so on and so forth. That's kind of like the thing you always have to look for. That's how you know you, I guess, kind of completed everything is when you get that last coordinate. So you can be like, all right, next destination, let's set sail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really like the radio tower because I think there was a really good starting point for the story islands. Because at that point, we were sailing from island to island, just kind of checking them out. And the islands, we actually started to repeat. They started to reappear and just give us new supplies and stuff. I really liked the radio tower because it wasn't an island. It was something completely different. There was no doubt in our minds that right when we saw it, we said, that is the story island. So we knew exactly where we were heading. We knew that was the destination. But it was just a change of scenery. It was really cool to see. Plus the supplies, as you said, was just a huge boost to morale. And overall, it was just a really cool structure. It's funny. Now that I'm thinking about it, even though they're called Story Islands, I think only one of them is really an island. Everything um, else is like a facility. Because the next one yeah, wasn't a... Wrong. The next location wasn't one the last location the bubble i wouldn't really consider that an island right because that's all man-made there was literally only one island which was the the third one well technically the caravan one was an island because they built them on oh yeah okay so there were two yeah so two of the five the (laughs) i could i could argue the number two though because the shipwreck was wrecked on like a little Mm. oasis i think those were just rocks that i don't know there were trees how they there were some trees there 
Anyway. I could debate that against it not being an island. I think if any sort of land is sticking out of the water, it's an island. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, thinking about that, there was a... Oh, what I can't remember what state it was, but someone made a quote-unquote island out in the middle of the ocean during low tide so that when high tide came in they were surrounded by just ocean water so they were legally allowed to drink because it was an <laughs> island and not part of the state so so boom i'm right <laughs> you made my point for me so anyway the second location that we're arguing about you may be wondering well what the hell is the second location so it the coordinates bring you to a large abandoned yacht and this was called the Vasagatan shipwreck. I don't know if I said that right, but that's what it looks like to me. It is stuck on this like very small rocky structure and there's some trees. So I think it was an Island. Obviously there's some debate on that one, but upon entering the ship, you come in from the rear of it and you're after exploring it a little bit, you're pretty quickly welcomed by a new type of creature, which is called the lurker which is just this super mutated rat that got really big and really aggressive. And no matter how big those fuckers get, you only get one piece of meat for killing them, which I think is bullshit, but whatever. Uh, But they aren't really difficult to handle, so you can kind of focus more on the exploration of the ship. But one thing that was really cool about this ship is that it kind of gave us some puzzles to figure out. So one of the puzzles was you had to find these items around the ship in order to craft tools that will help you access different locations. So for example, there was one location that was a door was covered by a large heavy crate and you couldn't move it by hand, even though there's three of us, (laughs) but in order to move it, we had to gather some like mechanic parts and eventually we built like a car jack and we were able to move the crate out of our way. So that was one of the things. And another one was we, gather resources to build a bomb, which was pretty interesting. And then another challenge was we had to find key cards and these key cards were scattered throughout the ship. So we had to do a lot of exploring and it was basically a really interesting way to get us to explore the entire ship without feeling like there were pointless locations. So that was really cool. And it was different from most of the game we've already experienced because obviously we're dealing with collection and, like islands so just this exploration portion was really cool but during exploration you can find notes just like on every other story island you will encounter and these notes give you insight to the ship's abandonment and also a little bit of what's going on in the world and every time you stop at a story island these notes give you a little bit more clues onto what sort of state the world is in but i think the most important thing on this boat was the blueprints for a steam engine and steering wheel, which completely changes how you control your raft uh, when you're just sailing out at sea. Completely, complete game changer. And I think so much that, better. yeah, it really propels, pun intended, your raft exploration and just your building. So after we get to the end of the ship, we receive new coordinates, obviously. And this time... They led to an island we actually learned about in the radio tower. Because in the radio tower, there were some notes that talked about some mysterious island. And uh, we will soon reach that island. 
one thing also to mention quickly before we go about the yacht is i i love the atmosphere it gave because when we got in there the lights weren't working obviously like some games could have like kept the lights on just so you could like explore but this game didn't like it was very dingy misty like it felt like an abandoned ship Mm -hmm. and though at times it was hard to see but i just liked how they kind of gave you that feeling like it was abandoned and like you said the the little rats lurker things it wasn't that difficult but it was annoying as shit Mm -hmm. when you had to keep going from the top of the thing going back because there was a lot of kind of like going back and forth because you had to find parts and then you couldn't like you said you couldn't go on until you crafted this carjack and then it opened up rooms to get different key cards which gave you different parts which you had to go all the way back down for the bomb to get all the way back up and so every time you got in the game back the stupid lurker would <laughs> come back and it's like it it was annoying at times yeah, but it's it like at annoying. least i understand it because like you literally have no danger besides mm-hmm. like the shark once you go on the islands but I just yeah. thought they did a pretty good job with the the yacht. Yeah, the atmosphere was really cool. My two things I want to add to that is, one, it was really dark, but that was on us because we had the opportunity to create headlamps, but we didn't because it was too expensive for us at the time to craft them. So that's on us. And then we still never created them through the entire game. So don't know why we didn't. We just were too lazy and didn't want to spend the resources. And then two batteries. Yeah, the batteries would have been annoying. But two, the only thing I would say that would have added, I think, to the yacht to make it seem more abandoned, because I don't know the time frame of when this yacht was abandoned. But if they just made the outside a little more beat down, a little worn away, maybe like barnacles starting to grow up it, just kind of like showing the the weather was taking over, the nature was taking back over. But I don't know when it was abandoned so maybe it's fitting that it wasn't very dirty and not pristine on the outside of the ship then once we get done exploring it we have our fill of the ship and we get our new location we get coordinates to balaboa island which another reason why i consider there's only two islands if you read all the story islands there's only two that claim to be islands (laughs) So That's Balboa. fair. <laughs> You're right, though. That is, they're only two that have island in the name. I just love how it's universe. I don't know if the game actually calls them Story Islands or if it just got universally acclaimed to be Story Islands and they just kind of adopted it. But I think, I'm pretty sure even on the, the wiki, like the game wiki, mm-hmm. it said they're called Story Islands. Yeah, I think so. But Balboa Island, like we mentioned, is the third Story Island in Wrath. And this one is completely different from all the other islands you find while exploring in the previous story islands because, for once, it's actually an island. This one is covered with evergreen trees and was once a national park or state park or some sort of thing because of the fences, signage, and outposts on the island. You can kind of infer like what it was. Almost, it seemed like, though humanity knew the water was rising, they were still trying to preserve like earth i guess as is with like creating this park so like you would have 
I'm assuming like these multiple floating cities and like this one was going to be like a national park to like help wildlife like exist on. But with the with the change of environment comes with the change of fauna. The native animals on this island were bears, which to our surprise weren't as difficult as the warthogs and pigs in this game. Yeah, because very surprising. I think the main reason for that is just the warthog has a charge move, and so like yeah. it's not hard to dodge or like fight him, but it's just a, annoying because if he charges too far back, by the time you run up to him to try to stab him, he's already beginning to charge again, so you kind of just have to immediately jump out of the way. Where the bears, you could hit them and they're like so slow to attack that you can just easily back up hit back up hit yeah that's fair I, yeah this the speed of them definitely adds to the difficulty and the pigs will get into that one in the next story island but they were difficult all on their own for their own reason but they were still pretty cool to see yes and this island had a lot of mystery and a few little puzzles throughout it. Whether the puzzle was a simple parkour course over toxic waste-ish water. <laughs> or maneuvering through a maze of paths to find where you needed to go. It was a very cool map. And thank God they created signposts that mm -hmm. tell you like where these locations were. If it was just an island that was like, oh... Go to these places. Oh, my God. I, we probably would have spent at least another hour or two hours oh, yeah. there. So, And honestly, we probably could just uncovering the secrets of the island. Because I feel like there's more things on the island that we have not uncovered. It was definitely a big one. I think we got most of it. Because I looked at our journal and like all the way you put the notes were, were all completely filled out. Oh, so were they? There, oh, cool. Yeah. If there was anything left there, it would probably just been like some items that would have yeah. helped us propel quicker. Maybe some Easter eggs. Yeah. So this map was also our first encounter with bees. So that also added to our collection of things we could craft and collect, like beehives, bee jars, and all this stuff. But there was also a danger of this boss-like creature on the island, which we learned later that was called the mama bear. Oh, wow. It was a mama bear. No <laughs> yeah, was I know. So I, was, I was really shocked by that. I'm like, oh, man. Well, she must have been. That, that's why she was so protective because that den, that cave was probably her den. Oh. Man, it makes sense now. Everything Peace. clicks now. <laughs> I was going to say pieces are coming together. <laughs> Basically, she was just this giant ass bear that hit like a freaking truck and we were not prepared for this fight in the least bit mm -mm. at least for now anyways because it was what two hits, three uh, hits i think maybe? it was i think it was three because she knocked you down to like 50 percent health and then her second hit cat you to like just above death so i think we might have been regenning health as she was attacking so every time we ran away we regened a little bit, so we got ourselves one extra hit. But I think if we sat there, she would kill us in two hits without armor. Yeah, and you couldn't run away from her because her movement speed was a lot faster than oh your God. running speed. So. Yeah. But after exploring the island and making it to the ranger station and the few radio towers and reactivating them, we were finally able to find the coordinates 
to our next destination. Yeah. Before we move on to the next destination, I do want to say like this island was one of my favorites just because of how beautiful it was. And the fact that it reminded me of a national park was really cool. It, it just felt really different because of the evergreen trees. You don't see those palm trees and stuff. So it was just a change of scenery. But it was just really different from the rest of the game. Not to mention all the weird stuff we found on it. I think this is why it's one of my favorites. Because as we were exploring, we kept hearing like a bike bell ringing. So we followed the sound to find a random bike just chilling in the woods. And it was just a really strange thing to see. And then I found this occult-like stuff. So when I was exploring the forest, like this is the, the thing that I made you come check out because it was just so weird. We were exploring and there was a campfire with some really creepy dolls made out of litter and debris just sitting around the campfire. So it, when I stumbled upon it, I definitely felt like someone was just going to run out of the woods and murder me. But it was one of the strangest parts of the game so far that I think we found. And I don't know, this island was just so strange. And it feels like people had to be living on there recently because everything was still in decent condition. But we couldn't find a single soul, not even bodies. It's like everyone just vanished. And that's the one thing that's just confusing me in this game. Everything seems to be in such pristine condition, but everyone's gone. Like, where did everyone go? It doesn't make sense. You know, now that you mentioned it, I never really took in the fact that we didn't find, like, bodies. Yeah, I would have thought at least, like, in the boat, did they take the lifeboats out? Like, there's not a single soul in the boat. Where are you going to go? You find a raft to just sail off? Like, the that's one the one thing, that's weird. The only one I can account for is the radio tower because they left notes, hey, mm-hmm. I'm leaving. Like, that's there was a true. boat that came up. So the radio tower is the only one that makes sense that there's, like, nobody there. Yeah. But and, uh, the this, rest... Maybe the Balboa Island, maybe they jumped into the toxic waste and melted. I don't know. Maybe the bears ate them. Oh, I mean, or, that actually would make sense. Yeah, because the fences were broken, so it, something, maybe something there's went a, down. or maybe there's a hidden animal that either flew off or swam in the ocean that we don't know about that ended Maybe up a screecher just picked him up, took him away. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, so we got our coordinates to our next location, which is an island, so this one was called Caravan Island, which this island reminded, I think you even mentioned that you mentioned it first. It reminded us of the stacks from Ready Player One, which is basically just an island. This is an island with a few plateaus on it and going up the cliffside are trailers. And this was basically an entire town that was built with as a vertical trailer park. So instead of going across the land, it goes straight up like trailer park skyscrapers so it was really cool exploring this town proved to be a huge challenge due to the vertical nature of it but it was full of supplies and food like so much supplies and food that it was well worth the exploration but they also had like a few little puzzles and clues and enemies to fight along the way so there was this screecher that would not leave us the fuck alone just pissed me off and there were a group of pigs that we mentioned briefly when we were talking about Balboa Island. And these pigs were so difficult because there were so many of them. 
Like, why do you need that many pigs? Well, okay, and that's another thing that's weird about the whole people disappearing. The pigs were still alive, and there were a bunch of them. Like, one, how are the pigs still alive if you didn't leave recently? Because they were in pretty small environment, so I feel like they probably would have starved due to the lack of resources. And two, why didn't they take their food source with them? It's just not making sense. But, uh, yeah, this group of pigs killed most of us. I don't know if you ever died by them or if yeah. Taylor, Taylor ever I died by Taylor them. I think Taylor was the only one that did it. Yeah, so they, they wrecked us. But this was a challenging town, but it was very rewarding because we discovered a zipline blueprint, which allowed us to explore the island easier. But then we also – this also gives us a unique way to build our raft because now we're able to build ziplines on our raft, which would – really create better travel for us quicker travel when our raft gets bigger so discovering all of caravan's secrets proved to be definitely worth it and it also gave us a new coordinate for the next location which is the last location for what is currently released in this game this one had some pretty fun puzzles the one thing I'll mention to people who are playing this game, make sure you kill Pufferfish. Oh my god. We literally spent almost 20 minutes on this island trying to figure out where to find this last part for the zipline. And we found it because we found like this rocket and it was like, oh, you need explosive powder. And we're like, well, how do we get explosive powder? Because one thing is usually when the islands introduce something, like a new resource you'll find it there and so we're like okay so obviously we, we missed it? something <laughs> yeah and we never thought because there were puffer fish all around this island but we've never killed them or like had success in trying to kill them and so i finally looked up on the wiki and i was like oh you gotta kill a puffer fish i was like son of a yeah. bitch so just make sure you kill a puffer fish at least once so you can so you irritating explosive powder i was so mad at that because that's all i really uh, had to mention <laughs> no that was a good thing to mention because we went this entire game we've had hours of gameplay into this and we just haven't killed a puffer fish because i thought they were impossible because i've tried so hard to kill them and i can't spear them and apparently it just took a little more finesse to be fair they're not that populated either though like when we get true well i guess we didn't really go to too many islands or maybe we didn't go deep enough in the ocean but i didn't yeah. i still don't recall seeing a lot of puffer fish besides that island i know i've seen a few in the game that taylor and i played before we moved on to your game i've seen a few but i don't know how popular they were on different islands but moving on from caravan island we have our next and final location as of right now, Tangora City. And this one is definitely a nice change of scenery because how Caravan Island, it looked like it was mostly like a low, low class, very much similar with the stacks in Ready Player One. This next island, it was definitely a high class and rich. Because it was mm -hmm. this huge floating city surrounded by a protective dome. The city had like multiple skyscrapers, 
fancy restaurants, a barbershop, an arcade, its own plantation underneath the city. It was very much its own like city self-sustaining and it was a fancy living resort for anyone who could afford it. But apparently not everything worked out in paradise. Go figure. <laughs> because once again, there were people or there were no people or bodies anywhere. Only servant robots left behind, which attacked us on sight. So that may have been the issue here. Almost like a Terminator thing, but on a very low scale because <laughs> they still couldn't do much. If you got out of their line of sight, they kind of stopped. <clears throat> but the exploration of this city kind of took us a while. More so because we kind of wanted to enjoy it as well. But eventually, the searching led to us to the tower that's in the middle of the city that expanded upward through the top of the dome. At the top, we entered this four-digit code that you had to find out that activated the emergency evacuation pod from the top of the tower. And next thing you know, it, like, the whole thing shook and exploded, and this whole little raft ended up shooting out in the water. And after it landed in the water, we did a quick exploration of it and found this was the end of the line of the story for now. And we had to stay tuned for the next coordinates. It did give us the coordinates, but it was like crossed off, like saying here. To f but this was kind of like, it also gave us a lot of story onto like what happened. Unfortunately, we haven't read all the notes just yet at the time of this recording. So we can't dive too much into it, but we did, from what I've learned, we get to know more and more information of pretty much what happened and why people left this quote-unquote paradise. Yeah, so this was a really interesting city. One, I really like that four-digit code puzzle that we had at the end. I thought that was really cool. They only give us like the objects and a street name and we had to go to the street and try to find that yeah. sign so that was a really cool puzzle or at least i thought it was but again just weird that all the humans vanished and what's even weirder about this one is all the humans vanished yet the escape pod was still attached to the top of the dome so how did the entire colony leave i mean i, I guess they could have had a boat that they escaped on but that just kind of seems like a waste of an escape pod to me like if you're gonna spend all that money on an escape pod might as well use it if you're gonna abandon the city but maybe maybe they had something weird going on or maybe i just thought of this what if they got on the boat that we or the yacht that we landed on the uh vas uh, uh shipwreck maybe they left the city and they got on that boat, and then they crashed somewhere. And then they got on the life of boats and sailed off somewhere else. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of weird like plot holes with these this people, but maybe we'll eventually figure that out as the story continues. The one thing I will say about the escape pod is that the plausible thing I think could have happened is another boat came. Because like we mentioned, those four things were... You could open to get there. And there was docks for boats to come in underneath. That's true. So they could have easily gone there because 
I feel like the escape pod was more in the case the city started to sink. Because mm-hmm. obviously they had the like little ports at the bottom and oh, their yeah, plantations and stuff at the underneath the city. So if anything would have happened and the the place was flooded when we got there, if you yeah, that's recall. True. So that that could have been the reason why they started leaving and maybe the leak wasn't as bad or maybe the robots did fix it but it caused them to short circuit and that's why they're how they are <laughs> and since no one's there to repair them they can't or whatever because just because of the fact that that escape pod can float and it's like its own little boat in itself i just feel like it was mostly just there in case it sank which in the case kind of dicks for <laughs> using it you know what that's their fault for leaving it unattended and then putting a sticky <laughs> note of how to get the code to launch it that's all on them um, i guess that's true maybe like somebody is going around picking people up like because that could be and that's every why single place notes. is done yeah maybe someone's going through and just collecting people for some reason that gives more credibility to the theory of like Maybe there is, like, either a mobile, like, this big mobile boat that they crafted that's just, like, a mobile city that's kind of, like, picking up people, like, picking up the stragglers. And that's why people are leaving notes saying, hey, we're going to this island. We heard news. If anyone's here or if anyone comes here, go to here. Which makes sense for, like, the radio tower because they did abandon it. And then going all the way up to this city... The city is the one that's kind of weird because it's like, yeah. okay, why, why would you abandon this city? Yeah, because like you're the elite of the elite in this luxury town. Why did you leave it? Like, what offer did they make you that made you be like, yeah, that's a better offer than this place? The only thing I can think of is maybe they thought it was potentially would sink because, like we said, it was flooded. Mm. Maybe something happened to their mechanic that was on that city. So they were like, well, this city now has a expiration date, quote-unquote, let's say, because they have no maintenance people. And so when the ship happened to arrive, they're like, yeah, help us get off this island or whatever <laughs> city. Yeah. So a lot of theories. Definitely could uh, go many different ways. But I guess we won't find out until our next chapter comes out, which right now, Varuna Point, is an upcoming environment location in Raft, and is 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 it is hmm, it is expected to be introduced in Chapter Three. So this will be an interesting one. I don't know if we know anything about it. I think that all we know is the name of it. So this might be interesting, and I don't know what it would be because Faruna Point, like that, kind of seems like it'd be like some sort of dock or shoreline or something like maybe maybe there really is a town that people are going to i feel like it could also if so from what i understand from what i'm reading is that the world flooded and that's why everything is what it is and they knew it was going to happen so if we're going off of that i feel like varuna point could be like mount everest or like Mm. one of the highest mountains whatever that was there that obviously now it's not very high because the water levels rose up so much 
right. to the point where now you can get to it. So maybe it's like a, a base on a mountain or like a cliffside. That would be my guess, just based off of the name. I like that. That'd be cool. It'd be really cool to see like just a giant ass mountain and a civilization living on it. But the only thing that makes me debate that it might not be on a mountain is that it's not called an island. And according to all the other names, true, <laughs> it's not called an island and it is not going to be an island. And so if they keep up with that pattern, I'm very curious as to what Varuna Point will be. Maybe it will be like almost like an intersection or like a, how do I put it? If you ever watch, like, sci-fi, there's always, like, a space station where people, like, all sorts of space ships go in dock and will less rest or refuel, whatever. It's kind of like a, a hub type thing before moving on to, like, their, basically, like, a rest stop in space. I feel like that could be what Veruna Point is. Hmm. So maybe it's, like, another mid-island or mid-ocean city or something like a little checkpoint yeah like it has your basic necessities and stuff like that like almost like a merchant place interesting that would be hmm. i guess we'll find out then one thing i will have to praise the game on is the ability how it not forces you but Passive-aggressively forces you to move forward with the game going to the Story Islands. And by that, I mean you are... You can only get materials up to a certain point. So, for instance, we now we can get titanium. At the very beginning, we could not get titanium, no matter where we looked. Or even in like crates and stuff we would not be able to get titanium we weren't able to, i th- i think we weren't able to create a smelter until we researched it and we weren't able to find ore until we researched a smelter and then we were all of a sudden now all these islands have ores and so on every time you researched an item like you got from either the story island that gave it to you in a chest or something you researched it then the game was like oh you reached this point now we can spawn these items so it kind of forces you to want to go to these story islands because you're not going to get all the resources you need to craft certain things unless you progress the story so in a very like passive aggressive way it's kind of telling you well, if you don't play my game towards my story, I'm not going to give you the full game. So it forces you mm-hmm. to go to these story islands, go to these islands, and not just stay in the open water, build a raft, like how I thought the game was going to be. Right. Yeah, I really like that as well, especially because they also force you like, oh, you want to progress in the storyline? Well, you actually have to start crafting stuff because we couldn't get from the, the yacht to the caravan island without crafting the engine because we actually were trying to get there and we were backtracking because the wind got so strong to keep us away. I don't know if that was a game mechanic or if that was pure coincidence, but we couldn't get we didn't get there until we crafted an engine. So that was another way to say like, yeah, you want to progress, 
but you got to start using resources and actually collecting more resources. So that was a nice little nudge in the right direction as well. And then one other thing I want to praise it on all the actual story islands because of these riddles and like puzzles that they give you, you almost forced to almost fully explore the island already. And so mm-hmm. by the time you do everything and then you get the last coordinate, it's like the game, it, I, hmm, I don't want to say held your hand. I, you I, still, yeah. I know what you're saying. It's not that they're holding their hand. They're just kind of like nudging you in the right direction. Like you can't get in here until you get this stuff. But in order to get that stuff, you have to find these items. So it it kind of tells you like, hey, you can't do this. But I'm not really going to tell you where you're going to get those items. You just have to find them yourself. Yeah. Again, I think the theme, I feel like this game is very passive aggressive when Mm -hmm. it kind of comes to the story because like i said when you got to the island you could theoretically just go and explore and do none of the riddles until you absolutely had to or if you were like oh you know there's riddles you're like all right let's just get to the riddles and get out of here even if you have that mentality those riddles basically bring you all around the island so either way whether you want to or not, you're going to explore almost the entirety of the island. Whether you take your time is up to you because they did make it so you couldn't explore certain parts without first doing other things. Like in the yacht, getting different key cards with Bubble Island without getting cert- certain things unlocked. or So you could get the, I think we had to get the machete to unlock more of it Mm -hmm. the caravan islands we needed the zip line so they did make it so to get the most important part the next coordinates you did have to finish what the storyline had intended for you so it was like even though you had to complete the story they still made you explore it somewhat in its own way i feel like in the city we probably could have easily cut down but we still wanted to explore it. It just didn't feel like it was empty to explore everything first if you wanted to because you would have collected parts, and then by the time you figured out where they needed to go, you're like, oh, we have 10 of these already when we only Mm -hmm. needed four. So either way, whether you explored or went straight for the riddles, either way, it kind of made you explore the island in itself, which I thought was nice. Yeah, I would agree. They just had a good balance of not seeming to aggressive like you said it's passive aggressive it wasn't too like you have to do this you have to do that because most of the time we wanted to explore anyway so this was a nice way to be like okay we can explore because we can't really get here without exploring because that's one thing i really dislike about some like rpgs is you never want to or i don't want to start a mission or continue the storyline until i kind of explored things but it feels like you're wasting time but this one, it was just a perfect balance because you you had to. You had to explore it. So it it was just, yeah, definitely a nice balance overall. Yeah, it wasn't that if you're into a lot of RPGs where you're like, I have to go left or right. You go right, you start seeing enemies, and you're like, oh, this is the right way. All right, let's go back and go left so mm-hmm. I know what I didn't miss. Here right. it's like, oh, 
You have left, middle, or right. Oh, you went right? Perfect. You explored up to here? Oh, too bad. You can't explore further until you actually go to the, the left path. You go to the left path, and it's like, oh, sorry. You need something in the middle path to get to the left path, which will unlock the right path. Mm-hmm. And so it forces you to ex- like go certain places, which some people may not like. Like I said, passive-aggressive and the fact that it's like, oh, sorry, you can't explore everything unless you do what I want you to do. But at the same time, it's like, oh, if you just explored naturally, you would also eventually get it yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely liked it. I mean, there are some things that are bad about that because there is some backtracking if you choose the wrong paths. But I would prefer it that way because I I just I wouldn't want to complete the story mission portion of it and then be like, well, now I... Now I don't feel like exploring this island because I just want to go to the next mission. So I think you described that pretty well. And one other thing I will say to to all our listeners out there, whether you play this solo or with multiple people, the beginning is definitely going to be slow. It's going to be even mm-hmm. slower if you are by yourself because I can't... I played about i think it was four and a half hours by myself before they joined my island or raft and i can't tell you how much progress we made in like one hour with three of us <laughs> than we i did with four and a half hours of myself. it was fast now it i don't want really to like fast. discourage anyone from doing it by yourself because i i had a pretty decent good sized raft going by myself I had a smelter, I had purifier, I had a, a cook, well, not a purifier, but like the first purifier in the first grill because I was only one person. I didn't need the bigger stuff because, like I said, I was one person. I didn't need to feed three mouths. But the one thing that sucks is like if you end up going on an, an island or like the uh, trip by yourself, if you're just using the sail, sometimes you can be an island in the water stranded for like a good decent amount, like a half hour to an hour before you find even a small island. And during that time, it's like, oh, well, you have to pay attention to your thirst, your hunger. You have to watch out for the shark attack. And so going back and forth between all three of these things. Oh, and then not to mention you have to scrap for you have to use your hook to gather scrap. It's very time-consuming, and it seems like you're running around and you're doing a whole lot without progressing too much. So, but stick with it. The number (laughs) one, absolute number one thing I will tell new people to do is when you can absolutely make collection nets. They are going to be your savior in this game. Because it is a struggle, especially when you're by yourself, to collect things. And I managed to make like six to eight collection nets before they came up. And just that much helped. You may think, oh, that's a lot of supplies. It's going to help you out in the long run. Especially once you get able to make the antennas, the receivers, and go to those story islands. Because I feel like once you hit that point, it's almost a fast forward in the game because like you said once you get to the story islands you find a lot of supplies and i like that because it's almost like telling you oh here's a reward for coming here 
and then now you're able to like craft the necessities to get to the next island yeah i think all that's pretty spot on the collection nets have been a huge help with our progression i always thought they were just kind of like a waste of resources but it has definitely proven itself to be very worth it especially if you can fortify it with one metal ingot so the shark can attack it Uh, it's gonna it's a lot at first but it's gonna help you out so much in the long run because especially if you want to just decorate your raft or like focus on your raft building or if you have to steer you can not focus on hooking scrap and stuff for like 10 minutes and then you're like oh i need supplies look at your collection nets and they're almost all the way full you go and collect it now you have a full inventory of supplies it's so helpful exactly i agree and that probably sums up most of the raft experience we didn't really talk about the crafting itself or the creatures on the islands but maybe we'll just leave that for you guys to explore on your own and we didn't really go over the notes we didn't talk about the in-depth storyline of it so if you want us to do that in the future we can and then we can have more in-depth theories on that but we kind of left the notes to be a surprise for anybody who still wants to play and learn really in-depth backstory on it but it's something we can do in the future if you guys want to hear that but I will leave us off with two facts. And the first one was the game was developed by three university students as a project. And after the project, they obviously released it on itch.io. And from there, they gained the insane popularity that it got. And they thought, well, it's getting so much traction. Let's just stick to it. So they decided to create a studio and release the game with Axolot Studios. So... Here we are now today with a an amazing game. So it was definitely worth it. And then the final story island in the second chapter, the uh, Tangaroa Island or Floating Island City, that is most likely inspired by the Great Atua, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, of the sea, lakes, and rivers and creatures that live within them. And this is from maori mythology i hope i pronounced that correctly so tangaroa is a great god of the sea lakes rivers and the creatures within them so i thought that was a cool little easter egg that i found while looking up uh, the lore of the game i would not put it past the high class elites to (laughs) their city after After, god yeah completely agree so that will be it for this episode so don't forget to show us some love and support at the patreon.com or at patreon.com slash weepspawn and of course don't forget to follow us on facebook instagram and twitter at weepspawn and contact us at weepspawn at gmail.com that will be all from us today i've been your host bobby and i'm joshua and we will see you guys next time when we weep spawn